This is the Sports Betting Preview Podcast from pregame.com for February 19th. It's Thursday. I'm your host, RJ Bell, and we're broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Each week, we talk about upcoming games and teach you how to handicap any game. I'm joined by Marco D'Angelo, bringing 29 years of handicapping expertise to the table. Vegas Runner, a genuine Las Vegas professional batter who lives on his winnings. And Stephen Nover, a genuine Las Vegas sports betting journalist. This is a guy that writes about sports betting for a living, and he's a journalist, and great insight from Steven. Okay, let's get straight into today's show. First up, remember, we always try to talk about stuff that focuses on winning money. How can we teach you how to win for upcoming games and how to have gems and golden nuggets of handicapping approaches you can apply for the rest of your life? So this week, as we move into the tail end of the conference college basketball season, we're going to talk about some college basketball concepts to think about during the end of the season. So let's go straight in with Marco. Marco, what do you look at at the end of the college basketball season? Well, the end of the college basketball season, there's a couple different things that I like to pay attention to. Uh, Remember that in college basketball, unlike any other sport that we bet, no team is dead. You've got a second chance with conference tournaments that will happen, uh, that they can still get their way into the big dance with an automatic win. All right, so let, let me ask you a question. So in the conference tournaments, which we're going to be doing a breakaway podcast on, a whole podcast on how do you handicap conference tournaments, because I believe, in my experience, I've had great success in those games. But let's think about this. If it's the end of the conference season and you're in the basement, are you still motivated as a team, or are you saving your energy for the conference tournament? That's the that's exactly where I was leading to, that you don't have to worry so much about towel tossers like you do in football, the teams that have nothing to play for, because these teams still have something to play for. But where value starts to come in late in the season, you'll hear the guys on ESPN and everybody talk about bubble teams, that they need to make a statement in the last two weeks to solidify an at-large bid in case they don't win their conference tournaments. I like to look at some of these bubble teams and go against them because everybody's talking. This team needs to win. they got to impress you know, the uh, big dance committee, and you'll get the line inflated with those teams. Also, in college basketball, you have the last home game scenarios where it's senior night. You know, it's a big motivational edge. A lot of times you'll catch a team at home that might be, you know, not playing as well, playing a team that's in a bubble situation. Now you've got a double whammy. You've got a motivated home crowd. It'll be an emotional night. Plus you're getting extra points because they're playing a bubble team that the public knows has to win. These are different things where you'll hear us say the phrase over and over, looking for value in the line. All right, so let's slow down a second because you knocked on or you touched upon some serious issues. One is, and again, it's a reoccurring theme, public perception and the value associated with it. Because on ESPN they're talking about Team X has to win, has to win, that the public is thinking, oh, they're going to play super hard, and then the line's bet up, um, and, and there's a premium on those teams. So you're looking to fade bubble teams. Yes, look uh, for the value. Okay. And number two, you're saying specifically in basketball, you believe senior night, which is is that typically the last home game? Last home game. Is a high motivation time. Absolutely. Okay, that's excellent. Now, what I want to do before we move on to Vegas Runner is in this first segment, I want to just take a minute with each, because we have new listeners every week, is I just want to take 30 seconds with each of our guests and, and, and talk a little bit more about them. So, Marco, you have 29 years in the business, and one of the things we've been talking about a good bit, and we can talk about it real quick, is you're a, you grew up in Pittsburgh. You've been in the Pittsburgh area um, up until this January of 2008. You moved to Vegas, but you were there for four 46 or so years, and because of that, you have great contacts in the Pittsburgh area, and you do really well with those teams. I've got a pulse on the Pittsburgh sports scene. Uh, We're currently hitting 80% of our games in 2009 involving Pittsburgh. How many many games is that? We've had 10 games this year. So eight out of 10. All right. And, uh, you know, one of my things that I've been able to get a reputation on is my ability to isolate big plays. 
Um, last night was a case in point. We had our Big 12 game of the year on Oklahoma State, a wire-to-wire winner, 10-point winner last night. So sorry for the little self-plug. No, no, no. We talk about the winners and the losers here, though. That's the key. So uh, I can personally say I bet all Marcos Pittsburgh stuff. So uh, great stuff. Okay, Vegas Runner, let's talk specifically about <laughs> second-half or, or not even second half, the last quarter of the college basketball season? Well, the first thing I want to tell our listeners is you have to be extremely selective. You definitely have to. Even a guy like me who bets volume, you'll notice towards the end, even now, I started really limited my plays and being more selective. And I'm going to explain to you why. These lines are getting sharper, and there's data that supports that. When you look back, just, just a matter of a month ago, Uh, Saturday of January 10th, we had 27 games that fell within three points of the point spread. Just last Saturday, I did it this morning, and I saw 35 games fell within three points of the point spread. That's a 30% increase in only a month. So the lines have gotten that much sharper in just a month. As a better, that tells me I have to be more selective. There's not going to be as much value there you're not going to find them games where it's five points off which brings up the point season and this is a reoccurring theme and then i'll let you continue is really all you're saying when you say you like a game is you think the line's wrong you're saying this line should be different than it is exactly and typically you need uh, and it varies based upon how tight the line is in a given sport the more variance there is the more range you need but typically you need about three points in basketball to do, let's say, 56 57%. So you have to believe that an eight-point, let's say, underdog should only be getting five. And you're saying because the line's getting tighter, there's less of those opportunities. Exactly. you got to be more selective. And the way what? it was put to me when I first started uh, moving steam, it was explained to me by the first bookmaker I worked for, and he said, you price it at 10 you're a seller at 12 and you're a buyer at 8. That's the most simplest way I could explain this business. Exactly. It's not you so know? much you like this team. You like this team at a certain price. That's it. Move the line seven points. And now that we see a 30% more games falling within three points of the point spread, that tells us the odds maker's gotten a better grip of these teams and he's tightening up his lines. Now, we're going to double back to VR real quick, but Steven, being a Las Vegas guy, and we talked about that coming in, why would, and you actually worked with Las Vegas sports consultants, so you understand both the handicapper side, the better side, and the odds maker side, is why is the line getting tighter? Or do you agree that it is late in the college basketball season? Oh, definitely. Um, but it's kind of like a double-edged sword. You know, November, they say that's the best month to play college basketball because it's the most loose lines. The odds makers are trying to get a handle. Well, it's the same for the better and the handicapper. They're just more of a random element. Uh, VR is totally right when he says the lines are, are just perfect now in college basketball, but they're very tight. The flip side, though, is you have so much data now that you can, uh, you know, come up with, with better handicapping methods. Um Specifically, let's say in an instance tonight, there's there's a Sunbelt Conference game. You have a home team, a small favored, who's got a great home record against a road team that has a terrible road record. It's in the medium spread range where you know the odds maker has put up a number based on the power rankings and he's thrown in some points for home court. But if you really study this and you say, wow, this home team is such, a, such an edge here, um, I'm maybe not going to get the line value, but let me be on the right side. And that makes a ton of sense. And actually, Stephen stole my main comment, so I, I got to maybe not talk last all the time here. But that's a key point, is if you're a statistical handicapper, and let's be candid for a minute, there's really only so many ways you can look at a game. I think there's four major ways. One way is you look at stats, how many points per game, how many this, how many that. Number two is you can look at trends. Is is and again we talked about it last week. It's hard to be have trends be the only thing you look at, but a lot of people consider trends. Now, additionally, there's situational handicappers, guys that are looking for all right. This NBA team's playing four out of five nights. They're off a big win. Marco, I think you do a lot of that. Yes. 
And then the fourth kind is Kingmaker, uh, one of our forum guys and pregame pros guys, is a um, fundamental matchup handicapper. He wants to know how this center is going to be doing against the other center. Will there be a dominant uh, matchup there for one team or the other? So let's think about it. Matchups are going to be the same throughout the year, so there's no advantage or disadvantage if it's early or late, meaning that, that all the games that's been played so far – after you see one game or two games, you know enough that you can assess the matchups. Statistically, though, like Steven said, you got so much more data. If you're one of those guys that's using a computer or that kind of analysis, late season is a great time for you to focus more on those statistics. Trends, you could say it's both ways. On one hand, if it's in-season trends, for this given season, you have more numbers. But most trends extend prior seasons also. And situations, it doesn't matter if it's late or early, it's going to be very similar. So really, the takeaway from all that is that if you're a statistical handicapper, you have a disadvantage early in the year and an advantage late in the year. Absolutely. Okay, so Vegas Runner, we, we got off track a little bit, but continue on with your – so you're saying tighter lines, which has you less volume. More selective. I mean, I, I've been finding my spots. I mean, I, I feel more confident now betting than I did earlier in the season, believe it or not, even though I had more plays earlier. I feel more confident now. I, I, I'm willing to bet more, put it that way, on the games that I'm selecting. Um, but, you know, you got to be more selective. The other thing, not to um, – Disagree with Marco, uh, but when it comes to bubble teams, the thing that I look at during the season, I pay a lot of attention to the odds makers poll. I give it a lot of respect, and I look at that, and I look at the AP, and I like to compare them. That gives me a you know a better view of public perception and how the odds maker views the team. And when you listen to Ken White, he hates the RPI. He says it has absolutely no use, and I agree with him. The RPI isn't going to help you come up with the outcome of a game. Um, but now, late in the season, here's where I disagree. Now's when I put the odds makers poll aside for a second and I take a look at the RPI because that's what the players are doing. That's what the coaches are doing and that's what the teams are doing. So you got to get inside their heads. And right now, I'm looking for them teams that have that kind of RPI where they believe they still could make it. And are going to give me, you know, six forty-eight minutes, forty okay. minutes of basketball, and I like to look at them in dog situations. Okay, so what you're saying is not that you think the RPI is a good measure of how good the team is. You believe the RPI tells you what the level of motivation is the team is. If it's very high, maybe they're coasting. If it's bubble, that tells you this is a motivated bubble team. And if it's too low, maybe there's the throw in the towel syndrome, at least late in the season before the conference tournament. Yeah, but, but I agree with Marco, too. In basketball, you have less of, you know, less teams are going to throw in the towel. There's, there's more incentive for them to play well down the stretch, even if they know they're not going to be, you know, an at-large bidge. Bid, they know there's a conference tournament and somewhere inside even though we know we're an underdog there's still a glimmer of hope in all of us you know you think you could Plus have a it, chance it's a know? less physical game and, and if you're not playing in football if you're playing at 95 percent that can be a huge difference in basketball if you're playing at 95 maybe not yeah, as much as you think true, about it true you know um Something Michael said that I thought was pretty pertinent um is special occasions he mentioned senior night but there's other occasions that go on, for instance, um, last week, um, Cal was hosting Stanford, uh, obviously a big game, big rivalry, but it was further enhanced because Cal brought in all their former stars from years past. It was just a huge, huge emotional game, and that's a Pac-10 team. If you can find out the information on some of these smaller conferences that they're doing a special thing, maybe bringing their alumni in or something where they're really pointing to a certain game, the oddsmakers are not factoring that into the line where, and these spots come up, um, and if you can come up with that, it's not like football where they, the pro teams bring in their, their guys to honor them. With basketball, it's much more close-knit, and uh, these guys will probably play hard that night, so you could be getting some value there. That's an interesting point, and it, and it follows one of our key concepts, which is if you do a lot of reading and you understand what's really going on with these teams, you can find factors that are not being considered just like that. This is the time of the year that you definitely have to visit the website of the school you're going to back and try to read coaches' comments, see what he's saying, because you'll see some of these teams that are out of it, 
you know, they're playing younger kids that they know are going to play next year. They're already doing that. Where you see other teams like Indiana, which had all them suspensions and all them problems with the NCAA, they're taking a no-nonsense approach and they're being serious, and you see they're giving you 40 minutes of basketball. So this is the time of the year I think you really have to take a look at the coaches, see how the team's playing when you're talking about teams that aren't going to be making the dance. I'll give you a good information site. Obviously, you're, you're checking newspapers uh, of the hometowns of the schools, but also, if you have time, try to find the school newspaper because as a mainstream journalist, you're kind of... Uh, you're kind of guided by certain ethical rules. You know, you can't really editorialize on straight articles. The school papers, they don't have those those kind of restrictions. They're more honest. If their team sucks, they'll tell you in print, and they can. So sometimes, if you have time, go to the school campus paper. A lot of these campus papers are very good, and uh, you can get information that way. And with the internet today, clearly almost everything is available. Back in the day, the issue was, could you get the access? And you hear the stories of the old gamblers calling up the airports in the area to get the weather report. <laughs> yeah. You know, And nowadays... Well, that was the old Sonny Reisner story, the old former sportsbook director at the Castaways. And Sonny um, would actually bribe and pay off airline employees that cleared off the plane to bring in the out-of-town newspapers to him. <laughs> and nowadays it's a click away. But here's the reality. Even if you're full-time at this, and most listeners are not, you don't have time to read it all. And that's where collective IQ, as we call it, everyone working together in a community comes in big time. At pregame.com, in the forums, it's really a situation where we added a new handicapper, uh, a new pregame pro named Spartan. He's a Missouri expert. This guy understands the Missouri sports very well. That seems like a narrow niche, but we got Pittsburgh sports through Marco. We got two West Coast specialists, a guy named Steve Beave and a new uh, pregame pro, Goodfella. These guys are West Coast specialists. And when you add it all up, and you can have a specialist in every area. And, and, and being able to do that with you as the individual only specializing in a handful of places and then benefiting from the others is the real model to, to win at sports batting. Now, Vegas Runner, before we move and let Stephen make a few last comments, talking about you for a minute. You've been in Vegas for how long now? A little over a decade. You grew up in Philly Yeah. before uh, that? Yes, lived in Philly for the first 20, 25 years. And one of the things I think that, that would make you the most special is that you're still so connected when it comes to the betting syndicates. Yeah, well, I mean, that's how I make my living. I wager on sports. That's I've been in the industry my entire life. Uh, and when you say the industry, you mean the batting industry. Yeah, not, I started not... out bookmaking and then went on to moving uh, steam plays for successful bettors and eventually went off on my own and started handicapping and using them outlets for information that I, you know, have. But my source of income comes from betting. I bet every day. Every one of my plays that I put out, I, you know, have my own money riding on. And because of all that experience in the sports betting area, your contacts are quite strong. And, and that's why that a big chunk of your information comes out later in the day, you know, within, let's say, an hour to a game time. Yeah, because, and the thing is, a lot of the latest moves do come late because these guys, when you're going to bet the kind of money they do, you want to know everything. So a lot of times lineups don't come out till later. So, you know, you get that advantage by waiting. And most of my contacts... Yeah, I have to wait till more later in the day. I do my handicapping my own early, and what I call it is I look to confirm my plays later in the day while gathering the strongest from them because the guys that I speak to bet games. You know, that's what they do. They bet like I do. You know, and it's a rare, it's a rare opportunity to to have some of this information available because the reality is a vast majority of touts, as they say, have any real contact. No, and my guys appreciate it, you know, and they come into the forum and they say it on the thread all the time how good it feels when I upload a game and say take Portland minus two, and they bet it, and you know maybe they'll have to lay two two and a half, and then they sit back and all of a sudden ten minutes later it's up to four. And that's a great feeling when you know you got in on the market. You know you're on the right side. You might win. Beforehand, yeah. That's how the game should be graded, not whether you win or lose. <laughs> you <laughs> move the number. Yeah. Yeah. All right, now, it, it, it strikes me that 
Well, maybe now the best thing to do is, uh, Stephen, why don't you put a wrap on the, the – and again, Stephen's an NBA specialist, an NFL and NBA specialist. He certainly handicaps college basketball. The nice thing about having a roster of experts is when we do talk NBA, we lean heavy on Stephen, but we don't have to force anything in any sport he's not uh, as comfortable with. Well, NBA is a little different than, than college. Sometimes you have to pick off soft overnight numbers, and they're out there in the NBA you have to anticipate what's going to go on the next day. I'll give you a specific example from Wednesday night. Uh, the overnights uh, before that on the um, Atlanta-Sacramento game, uh, Atlanta favored by five. So if you're handicapping that, them to be the right side, you had to play that overnight because of all the trade rumors with Sacramento. Trades very well could have gone down during the, the next day. It happened. Brad Miller gone. Salmon's gone. Shorthanded. So that line shot way up. I don't know, six and a half, seven. Fell on five, you know, the Hawks won on one by five, so you had to have been there for that early number. If you would have waited, you would have lost. And, and no doubt. So um, I wanted to ask uh, Stephen a question from his days at Las Vegas Sports Consultants. One of the things, and this ties into the last two weeks, because you're always going to have second meets in the last at the end of the season. When they're setting the lines, do they go back to the first meet and look just solely at the first meet and make an adjustment from that first line, or do they consider circumstances around that first meet? Because this is something that I love, and it was very key in the last night's play for me. I look at what ha you know the result of that first meeting, but I look at who they played the game before that game and who they played afterwards. And Oklahoma State last night was minus one on the road at Texas Tech. They were a 12.5-point favorite in the first meeting and only won by one at home. So naturally, the John Q. Public, as I like to call the cappers, is going to look and say, my God, they only lost by one up there as a 12-and-a-half-point dog. They're a live home dog. But the key was that game was played three days before Oklahoma State was traveling to Kansas, one of the premier teams in the Big 12, to play a nationally televised game on ABC. They were looking past Texas Tech. Now, with that close scare against Texas Tech, they're giving Texas Tech their full attention last night, and as I said, a 10-point winner laying one on the road. Those are the things that I look at in second meetings. Yeah, they'll look at it a lot more closer if the game was uh, not too long ago, but if it was played like uh, back in early December or uh, you know November, months ago, right? yeah, then they won't put much stock into it. But if it's fairly recent, yes, they will. How much will they study maybe the, the box score? Let's say on a total... Um, you might think, well, Jesus totals uh, pretty high, but then if you look at the first meeting, even if it was played a while back, Jesus guys went way over. But look, they each shot over fifty percent from the floor. They were eighty-seven percent from the free throw line when they're normally seventy-three percent shooters. So I think that way you, you can kind of find some edges because I don't think they look at it that close unless it was just a real recent game, maybe two, three weeks ago. So again, th this brings up. I think Marco brings up a second point of how you can find value. One, is there a public misperception based upon prestige, based upon how marquee a team is? Okay, we always talk about that. Is this team everyone's talking about? They're on the bubble. Thus, we, you know, everyone thinks they're motivated. All right, so you want to play against that typically. But now Marco's making another point. When there's a misleading result, is in this case or was a result that even a handicapper that's pretty serious is probably just going to look at the prior score. They're not going to dig into the box score. And then they're not going to dig into the circumstances around the game. So what you're saying is if you're following teams closely and you know, hey, that was a misleading score, you can use that to gain value. Absolutely. And I think that the point is, there's, it's hard even for, you know, as much as we might want to say, oh, the Vegas odds makers are so great and they do a great job in many ways, there's only a couple guys that are handling each sport. There's not like 30 or 40 guys. They don't, it is if, just to say, for example, in the forums, we had 12 handicappers that each handled one conference, and that's all they did. Each of those 12 would know more about that conference than the odds maker. And really, that's the only, the only two ways you can win 
and, and I think Stephen has a comment, the only two ways you can win are one, you know more than the odds maker, or two, the line isn't what the odds maker thinks it should be, but the line is what the public thinks it should be. And that's the two ways to win. And clearly it's easier betting against the public than it is more knowing more than the odds maker. Look at the typical Saturday, February college basketball card. Look at all those games. They're making those numbers on Friday. How much time do you think they're spending on, the, on each of those numbers? 30 seconds? I mean, they got to whip out numbers. they got to have everything. So if you're pitting some guy who might be some maven in the Ohio Valley with a pipeline to Murray State, he's the guy. He's sharper than the odds maker. You know, question is maybe pregame is developing these uh, experts in these fields. That's how you can win. That's Absolutely. How you can and by the way, is I don't know if you know this, Stephen, but USA Today called me a point spread maven. Oh, oh okay. so so Very not, good. <laughs> and, and and I like that uh-huh. to be honest. Okay. ESPN is calling you a guru. That's so uh, they line up those terms with every well, media. Well, you That's know, I, I conform sometimes. So. <laughs> All right, excellent stuff. Now, a couple closing thoughts. Um, Stephen talked about betting early. Well, some sports books, you know, a lot of locals and and many online books don't have lines that are up very early, but. There's books out there that actually put up those overnight lines. So if you're looking to bet early, and I think there's some advantages sometimes, especially if you handicap your own games, is you can go to pregameaction.com, and uh, there's a complete list of the best offers from the most trusted sports books, and, and and a handful of those put up really early lines. Okay, now shifting gears. Before we get into the second half of uh, our first segment here, let's talk about the second segment and the third segment. Second segment, we're going to be talking about um, teams. We're going to identify two different teams that are either on an upward or downward trajectory and talk about is that going to continue or is there going to be a turnaround. And that's going to be a, a great basketball feature we have throughout the season. And then in the third segment, we answer the question of the week and then get a free pick from all of our experts. So that's exciting. Now, Marco, to close the first segment here, we just launched yesterday on Wednesday a brand new program that I'm I'm actually involved with, and you worked with me on this very closely. Um, It's called the Bet Like a Pro program. And um, why don't you just give the broad strokes, and then I'll talk about what my motivation was with this. Well, first of all, there you know, there's handicappers and then there's people that can handicap handicappers. And I've always said that, RJ, you're the best at handicapping handicappers and you've made a living betting on your information that you get offshore from contacts, trusted pros that you like to follow. And we were talking, brainstorming one day, and you said, you know, I bet my personal plays. Let's put them out there for the public. And you started the bet like a pro. And it's a very unique concept in the way that you're offering the program where it's $99 per week. You're guaranteeing the bettors that sign on with you that they're going to have a winning week. If they have a marginal week, they're going to just pay $29 the next week. But if they have a losing week, you're giving them a absolutely free pass for the following week. And Tell us where you get your sources. I'll let you tell the details of that. Well, there's a couple key points. One is, you know, freepicksbyemail.com was my first internet project. But before that, there was over 10 years after college that I never worked a job is I bet sports and play poker. So, you know, sports betting is something I've done nearly every day since I was 14 years old. And I certainly wasn't winning when I was 14 and 15 with those uh, four teamers paying 10 to 1. But, but, the, but I did win my first one and got hooked in. So, and, worst it, thing, worst thing <laughs> and it dawned on me that I've never really offered these, these bets I make to anyone. And the rationale was I didn't know how to do it in a way that was going to be able to be profitable. Uh, and when I say profitable, meaning the people betting these games making the profit that I'm making. And it struck me what causes that, that limitation, is that most bettors will quit betting a source when they hit a cold streak. And Vegas Runner is a perfect example of that, and I'm planning to do a, a post on this soon, is this is a guy that, that in 08, <clears throat> well, how many units, <clears throat> excuse me, did you win in 08? Uh, in the end, I don't, 30 units or so. So this is a guy, if you bet every game, and bet 1,000 a game, you would have had 30,000 more at the end. 
And that's amazing. That means that, hey, if you can bet 1000 you can bet 5000 Then all of a sudden, it's 150000 You can make a living off of that result. But during that year, Vegas Runner had numerous week-long, two-week-long, even three-week-long cold streaks. Everyone does. And anyone who doesn't think that is making a mistake is everyone has a cold streak. And if you have a statistical background, you realize even with a 57% win rate, you're going to have times you go 5-15. and 15. The reality is most people are looking for the guy who's 15-5, and five, no matter what his long-term record is. And when you jump off a true winner when they're 5-15, and 15, that's the only way to lose with a, pro, with a true winner. If Vegas, if Vegas runner, if you won in 08 like you did the 30 units, the only way I would have lost is at some point during that losing streak, if I would have quit betting you, I could have ended up a loser. And, but it's human nature when you're having to pay for every pick to sometimes think, oh, this guy's cold, I'm going to go somewhere else. So the key to the program, Bet Like a Pro, is when we're winning big, up two units or more for the week, you pay full price, 99 bucks. And even if you're a $50 better, you're going to be ahead in that case. So if you're a $100 better or more, you're doing great. If we have a moderate result, which is up, up to two units or down up to two units, so between minus two and plus two, we say, listen, we're going to give you a 70% discount. It's only 29 bucks. You could have won. You could have lost. But let's keep it rolling. And the weeks we do lose two or more, which are going to happen fairly often, there's no charge. So what happens is each week you're either winning so much you want to keep going, it was moderate, so it's so cheap you keep going, or, hey, you lost and it's free so you keep going. This allows you to truly experience my bets over a long term. And that's something that historically I've done quite well on, 55-56%, which means you can make real money, and we're really interested in having people bet like a pro, and that's what the program's about. One thing I wanted to jump in that you were talking about streaks with Vegas Runner, and really that's very enlightening to our listeners to understand long-term winners and the value of it. Recently, we, there was a lot of buzz on our forums about one of our pregame cappers, um, Stan Sharp, he's a Vegas pro here in town. And Stan Sharp, for two years, has hovered around 60% winners. He only picks one game a day. The guy had a seven-game losing streak, and you would have thought the world was coming to an end because people couldn't believe that somebody could have a seven-game losing streak. And like you mentioned in a forum post, you know, RJ, you're very good with the mathematical numbers and, and streaks. You know, the guy, you know, has turned it back around and he's on a four and one streak now hitting 80% over the last five. But long term, proven winners will have those ups and downs. But when you have a, a capable winner that knows how to win and has the proven track record, you're making a mistake throwing a guy to the side. Agreed. And, and trying to create a system that makes it easier to do that was our goal with the Bad Like a Pro. Now, listen, usually we don't talk about uh, programs this much. We usually really pound in the information. So you have our guarantee. The rest of the podcast, you're going to be hearing all facts, but we wanted to get uh, in all good handicapping stuff. We wanted to get the information out there about this program. And we're going to be right back with segment number two. This is RJ Bell, founder of Pregame.com, here to tell you about our free $25 offer for new members. That's right, join Pregame.com for free, and you get $25 to spend any way you want. No purchase or obligation required. For $25, you can get just about any best bet you want. This is a no-lose deal. Sign-up takes less than 60 seconds. Visit Pregame.com backslash join. That's pregame.com backslash J-O-I-N and get your free $25 before it's too late. Back with the Sports Betting Preview Podcast from pregame.com, February 19th, segment two of three. During basketball, this is when we're talking about two teams typically, how they're trending and what we expect in the next few weeks. Okay, first up, let's uh, go to Stevens Forte, NBA. And talk about the L.A. Lakers, specifically with Bynum being hurt and 
maybe not even back for the whole season, though I did hear something a little different about that. Um, I heard that because of the trade they made, I think it was for Meme or M-I-H-M yeah. or something, that it's a sign that he was their fourth center, and it's a sign they think Bynum's going to be back, the fact that they let him go. Now, again, that doesn't we don't know what that means, but that's what I was reading. Stephen, what's your take on the Lakers the next few weeks? Well, I wouldn't read too much into that trade. Um, uh, I think... Uh, Gasol and, and Lamar Odom have really stepped up in the absence of Bynum. And the Lakers have the best record. They are uh, already won their division. Uh, they're way out in front in the, in the conference. So I just don't know if they can keep up their intensity. I mean, right to this minute, they're the best team in basketball. but this w- Without is, Bynum. Without Bynum. Now, the I, way I, Gasol and Odom have stepped up have been amazing. Odom. You better know, than Boston? Yeah. Right now, wow. I, I would take him uh, wow. over in Boston. Well, he beat Boston, you know, and they. Uh, but you know, we'll see again. Uh, do you want to peak in in mid February? You know, uh, Odom's never been able to put a consistent year to year season together, so we'll see. But I, I'm going to be. Uh, you're certainly not going to get any value with the Lakers, so sure. I'm going to look to maybe maybe fade him in spots where. You know, is the incentive there when they're playing some of these, you know, bottom feeders? Now, I actually heard a radio interview with Gasol yesterday, and he seemed very apprehensive about having to play in the post more. He's he's a he's a soft player, I think. Yeah. And I think if you think about it, now he's going to have to be in the post more. It may be a situation where his stats look good, but in those games that let's say it is a motivational issue, they're up by eight, they're laying twelve or. Four minutes left. Is he going to want to bang? And number two, is he going to want to bang back to back? And and to me that and we talked about in the first segment situational handicapping. NBA back to backs are tough. And now you've got a guy that maybe banged the first night. He doesn't like to bang. They're laying ten. Is he going to be in the post? So I, I think that if there's a go against spot, which we I think we like to go against the Lakers just because they are a marquee team that you pay a premium for, then maybe that's the spot. That's a good point, R.J. Uh, and I think that you want to look in those back to backs. Look for teams that, if they're playing back-to-back, that are physical-type teams. You know, Phoenix with Shaq or San Antonio with Duncan and stuff that playing those type of teams. And it'll come more into play, and I think we saw it last year with some of their problems in the playoffs with Gasol being soft, is when you end up playing a team for a series where it's you know the same style night after night for five, six, seven games. Especially if that's a, an aggressive style. Right. That's a good point. Any thoughts, Vegas, Ryan? Well, surprisingly enough, Bynum leads the team in rebounds, you know, so they depend on him a lot, even when Bynum was in there. Bynum's more the guy that contests every shot. That's what I think they're going to miss the most. I think teams are going to get a better field goal percentage when they play the Lakers now that shots won't be contested as much. Um, so you're saying maybe look at the over. In the yeah, Lakers. well, that's the key with the Lakers. Here's a team that definitely gives up points. They're number one in the NBA at scoring, but they're 19th in giving up points. So with this team, when you're going to bet it against them, you definitely want a team that could score with them because the Lakers are going to get their points. Um, the other thing when looking at the Lakers, so far, if you would have bet them one unit every game this year, believe it or not, as much as a public team as they are, you'd be ahead. Very little, but still ahead. They have a positive point spread record, which is surprising. So I agree with, with RJ and Marco and Steve here that I think in the second half is going to be when they don't cover as many games. And I think the Lakers might be one of them teams where you'll want to see how they go into the playoffs late. But oh, oh, right so now it's tough to be motivated to cover a game when you're that far ahead, like Steve said, 13 and a half games up in your division, you know, eight, nine games up in your conference. Okay, so let, let's drill down quickly to the concept you just put out there, because it's one I'm not familiar with. You're saying the Lakers are an offensive team that are going to get their points. Now you're saying that if you want to look at a good matchup against that team, you want a team that has to be able to score too. Yeah, like you saw in their last 10 games, the only team they didn't cover against was Utah. 
And why? Because Utah was able to put up 109, 110 points on them. We've got a lot of calls from the refs. I had the Lakers in that game. (laughs) Okay, but what I'm saying is, let's say, like, a a great defensive team, uh, like, we can go back in time to the Knicks in the early 90s, right? That was a very, they mugged you. It was a great defensive team. So you're saying a team like that that doesn't have a high-powered offense and a great defense matches up poorly against a great offense with an... Absolutely. I, I agree. I think... When you get to the playoffs, it's different style. It's more of a half-court game. But now, in this season, where the game's more wide open, I think a team like the Lakers, who's number one in scoring, you look at the odds makers, for the Lakers not to cover games, they're going to have to adjust. Because you look at, you know, just look at their last 10. They haven't been a double-digit favorite, except for that game against Utah, because they were home. They haven't been once a double-digit favorite. And here's a team that's covered eight of the last ten, and yet they're not, you know, a double-digit favorite. I think we're going to start seeing more of that. But as far as teams that have good defenses, stopping them, you saw Boston couldn't do it when they played. So so what you're saying is, and we'll let Stephen wrap this up, is no one can stop them. Thus, defense isn't really the issue. The issue is can you keep up with them? Yeah, you're going to have to keep up with them. Well, it's proven during the season. During the season. Okay. It's proven in VR. You've got the computer in front of you, so you may uh, have the specific figures. I'm just going by the top of my off the top of my head. I believe the Lakers at home this year are 18 and 10 to the over. Yeah, yeah, they're. I mean, they're an over team. Yes, and it makes sense because with their crowd that they get, they want to show. And you get the opponents, uh, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, whoever the superstar on the other team may may want to be. It's an ego contest with Kobe. These teams, uh, Sunday night in, in L.A., you know, uh, you, you're you're looking to put on a show. You're He's thinking right. offense. 18 and 11 over. Yeah, and it's are. proven by that 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 over home mark. It's okay, it's good point. So our takeaway here is Lakers over, especially at home. And back fade them as double digit favorites in the second half. (laughs) (laughs) And 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 typically there's gonna be a motivation issue, and that applies most when it's a when they're big favorites. And the back to backs against the the second team being physical might be a fade spot also. Okay, good stuff. Okay, second team in segment two is we're looking at Arizona State. And is this team the best team in the Pac Ten right now? Marco. This team's coming on strong at the end of the year. They're flying under the radar because obviously you have UCLA that's always the premier you know, name in the Pac-10 um, ever since Ben Holland got there. you got Washington that's played well all year, and those two teams grabbed all the limelight. But the last four games, Arizona State has taken care of business. Now, the two of them were against you know, the Oregon teams that are the bottom rung. But last weekend, they, they took care of business against Southern Cal and UCLA, and they beat UCLA twice this year. And everybody going in felt that UCLA was the team to beat in the Pac-10 this year. And I think there's great line value with this team. They're slightly under the radar. They're finally moving up in the rankings. I think they're like 11th or 12th finally in um, the rankings. And I think they're a good team, and they're peaking at the right time. And I like to find teams that have that surge at the end of the season. And it's interesting because it used to be back in the day, pre-internet, that it was a team was underrated, a team was fairly rated next, and then they were overrated as they trended upward. But really that cycle has shortened because of the internet and how much information is exchanged. A team can go from underrated to overrated in like three days. And it's just a matter, is there a big story on ESPN.com about them or whatever? So the fact that we have a team that's performing very well and we think is still under the radar means that there's value there. Four straight wins, four straight covers for them. I think these guys are are the real deal. If you look back to the last two seasons in the Pac-10, only UCLA has won more league games than Arizona State. Uh, this is a team that has a very good coach in Herb Sendick, and they have a great guard, this James Harden. This guy is going to be a top three, top top four, top five pick. He's that good. He's only a sophomore. I'm sure he's going to go out after this year. And, uh, you know, right there, that, that that's tough to beat. So I, I think, yeah, these guys are real. Well, well, you know, we'll see Sunday, don't they? They play Arizona. That's a real rivalry. Yeah, they play yeah. Arizona on Sunday. Yeah. All right, so um, and where's that game at? 
Uh, I think they're home. Yeah, they play home. They Interesting. Play home. All right. Okay, uh, any thoughts on Arizona State, VR? For myself, when you look at the Pac-10, you got to say UCLA. Everybody knows they're the best team in the Pac-10. But this year, UCLA doesn't have the defense that they did in the, the last couple years when they've made their final four pushes. Um, I like Arizona State, but the team that I think is more under the radar is Washington in the Pac-10. I think Arizona State's gotten the respect since, like Marco said, they've covered four straight, they've won four straight, they're going up in the AP, they're going up in the ESPN poll, they're even up in the RPI. The team that I think is going to be the shocker in the Pac-10, if anyone unseats UCLA, is going to be this Washington team. Washington beat them at home. They beat them in Arizona State by 13 points. This is a team on the come out. I think you, that's who we need to look at when the conference tournament starts. Real quick, Marco, your thoughts on Washington? Washington's a good team. They've played well all year, but you know, I think it's been UCLA and Washington until now. I think Arizona State. So, who has a higher profile? Because it sounded like VR had a slightly different opinion. You, who has a higher profile right now, Washington or Arizona State? Arizona State's. Arizona State's top ten, and Washington's around nineteenth. So the distinction you're making, Marco, is Washington's been in the top 20 pretty much the whole year. The whole year, and then they're, they're coming down, and Arizona State's coming up. Now, sometimes, though, if a team is a, a borderline marquee team and they do poorly, the public can become very negative towards them, too, is, is they lost money on them and they, they've <laughs> given up on them. So sometimes if you can find a team that's fallen out of public favor but now has turned it around before the public realizes it, you can gain a lot of value. Absolutely. So who, just real quick to wrap this, neutral field or neutral court, Arizona-Washington, what's the line? Or excuse me, Arizona State-Washington. Neutral court, Arizona State would be about two and a half, three-point favorite. So you think they're rated higher, you think they're a little bit better? <laughs> but I say they'd lose that game. All right. <laughs> I'd take the dog. <laughs> All right, so we got two teams in the Pac-10 that, that our experts like. Okay, so we're going to be wrapping up segment two. Segment three is coming up with free picks. This is RJ Bell, founder of Pregame.com, here to tell you about Pregame Forms, the place where sports bettors talk. Hundreds of posters informing and entertaining 24 hours a day with free picks and deep insight. Good people to celebrate wins with and moan about losses. You can post or just sit back and take it all in. Over $10,000 a year is given away in cash and prizes. Go to Pregame.com and click Forms or visit directly through pregameforms.com, where everyone gets back more than they give from the many others giving. And we're back. Sports betting preview podcast from pregame.com, February 19th, segment three of three. This is the free pick segment. But first, every week we answer a question of the week. And that's something you can actually ask a question of the week at pregame.com in the forum section. We have a thread up. And that thread says, hey, give us a question, and we'll pick one a week. And we actually are putting all the questions we don't answer into an archive, so it may actually come up in the following weeks. And then that person gets a $25 coupon for the trouble. Okay, so this week's question comes from R. Marquez 33 and he says, as a professional sports batters, how often do you guys watch the games? And do you try to catch middles or potentially second-half bats? Specifically, too, he continues on and says, and again, as I keep reading this, his key question seems to be, are you looking to make a second-half bat either as a hedge or are you looking to make a second-half bat just because you like you might be doubling down? Okay, I personally believe there's another element to are you watching the game, which is how much value do you gain from watching a game versus looking at all the data, you know, that's available on the internet. So let's make this a two-part question: second halves, data that comes from watching the game, and then thirdly, it's a psychological issue. Do you like to sweat it, or do you like to just see the score at the end? Uh, Vegas runner, uh, why don't you start? For myself, honestly, I've been doing this long enough that I have absolutely no emotion. Pretty much, you 
You know, I, I, I get enjoyment when certain things happen, believe it or not, but many times you won't even know what side of a game I'm on when I'm watching. So it. let me ask you a question. You had a Steelers um, at 13-1 to to win the Super Bowl, and you didn't hedge that, right? No. Didn't okay, even so. move off the couch when they scored. So didn't you're telling budge. me when didn't they budge. scored that game, it didn't, didn't budge. Didn't budge. I swear to you, didn't even move I had a slight stroke when I was I asking swear it. To you, <laughs> I wish I did. I wish I did. I, I didn't. It, it has to be a little bigger than 13-1 to to get me off the couch. Yeah. Maybe you got a no. bet. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But um, to be serious, I, I I watched the games not as much for the second halves. I used to do that when I was real into second half betting. But with second half betting, it all comes down to what line are they putting up compared to what the line was before the game. Is there value there or not? But that's a deep concept. We won't get into that. Um, to watch the games, you know, I think you should. Why not? You could only right, gain so the, from so it. You could only gain. So the specific question is, how often are you watching games for the handicapping value? For the, Early in the season, I do that when I want to see a team. My handicapping is based mostly on numbers, data, um, market and you're, you're reaction, not, you're the lines, and, okay. and, and people that I speak to for information. So it's not from my eyes what I'm really going to gather watching on TV. Steven. Huge edge if, if you're able to watch the games. Um, I try to watch as many as I can. There's just so much. You know, I concentrate maybe more on NBA, so I've got the satellite package. So kind of limits on how much I can watch in college. It's just too much, even though I've got a couple TVs going. It also limits me in, in halftime betting because I'm flipping around trying to watch as much as I can where I'm not really fully concentrating on, on one game and on, on how that's setting up for the second half. But if you're able to do that, you know, that's a form of making money, too, because uh, there's times so, where you can do well on halftime So bets. you do look at halftime bets when you're able? Um, I, no, my mind focus really isn't there, and I think you can get in trouble if you're not really focused on a specific thing, if you're just kind of wandering around like, like mine is with all the different games. Now, let me ask you a question. Is I was back in my Stardust days, and I was around the dust a little bit back in 98. I knew a guy down there that had a buddy that uh, took, this guy actually was a world-class backgammon player, kind of like Gus Hansen, and he applied it to sports betting. And um, he had a buddy that took 200000 out of the Mirage that year just in halftime football bet. So I think my experience has been there's a lot of pros in town that do very well with that. How's your experience been with that with the other pros? I, I know people, uh, even recreational betters, that do very good with halftimes and they, they have a system. I don't want to get into real specifics because I'm, I'm sure in a future podcast we can get more yes, specific. Yes. But they tell me some of their methodology and it makes sense. But you actually have to watch it because you got to understand the flow. you got to exactly. understand some things. So. All right, that's a good point, and I do think that's a good uh, future podcast. So, Marco, now one interesting thing with you is you actually have a TiVo set up. We have multiple TiVos, multiple TVs in your home. How does that affect your style? Um, I can go back and look at stuff, but I'll be honest. With basketball, I don't watch the games like I do in football. Football, I watch every game. There's not as many to watch, obviously, as you do in basketball season, and you have a whole week to dissect what you're looking at. Basketball, I have a tendency to, you know, unless I have the big game, you know, I'll be in the sports book watching the game, maybe sitting at the poker table, whatever, but I don't. So you're not, you're not sweating it, you're not playing second half, and you don't see a lot of value in actually watching the game for handicapping. Not for me. I will, one thing, and it's for future, I will do it during the conference tournaments and March Madness for the big dance, especially the conference tournaments when you're playing back-to-back -back nights, which is different. That's the only time of the year that college teams play on two consecutive days is in conference tournaments. Good point. And I think it speaks to you being a situational handicapper where, in truth, the situations are not about the matchups or of the game itself. Okay, so quickly then, uh, R. Marquez is gaining a coupon. We'll send him a coupon. Uh, I'll email it to him. Uh, $25. Look for that in your email, R. Marquez. And speaking of coupons, it's the time to give away uh, RJ's money again <laughs> once again. And this week, as we do each and every week, we give you $10 off. And the coupon I'm going to give you this week is Slam Dunk 10. Just type it in, all one word, Slam Dunk, and the number 10. And you're going to get $10 off any purchase at Pregame Pros. Just go, put whatever you want to put in your shopping cart, enter that coupon code, and automatically $10 will come off your bill. And that's a one-time coupon, and it'll be good through Monday. Okay, that's a, good, a nice, uh, you get a lot of information and free 10 bucks. Okay, who's hot at pregame pros? 
Well, I want to talk about a new guy that we got at Pregame Pros, and that is Dwayne Bryant. This guy is, you know, giving us winners on the website, on the forums, very in-depth content. You can check him out at Pregame Forums. And his premium paid picks this week, he's 4-0, and he's had two conference games of the year this week. And he has come up with games. He had Siena earlier in the week. He specializes in some of these smaller conferences where he's getting great And his value. reasoning is pretty good, man. Yeah. It's really good. So actually. really check him out. Dwayne okay. Bryant. And in the forums, he got the free stuff. You go to pregame.com and click forums in the left nav. Or if you want pro picks or his best bets, you go into pro picks in the left nav. That's pregamepros.com. You can go directly. Now, additionally, one interesting thing about Dwayne is he originated the 10 bet a week plan. He actually has a whole long uh, blog post that talks about how if you bet 10 games a week like he does, it can help your bankroll it's it's an interesting read okay so let's quickly get into our free picks and marco um why don't you start okay i'm going to go with a game uh coming up on the weekend and it's boston versus phoenix in the nba and as we talk about situational handicapping i think this is a great spot for phoenix right now i think phoenix is an undervalued team in the nba they're flying under the radar Obviously, out west, you've got the Lakers taking all the limelight. You've got the San Antonio Spurs are there every year. One of the reasons I feel that Phoenix is better than their record shows right now is they're coming off a stretch where they played 10 of 14 games on the road right before the All-Star break and coming out. So, you know, anytime you're on the road for an extended period like that, you're not going to play as well. So I think you got value with them. And they're going to be playing Boston on Sunday in a unique situation. Coming out of the All-Star break, now Boston plays tonight, Thursday, on TNT. That's their first game since the All-Star break, which means come Sunday, Boston is only going to have played one game in 11 days. I think they're going to be a little rusty situation. Phoenix had a buffer, you know, a nice warm-up, tune-up game against the Clippers. They're going to go Sunday. I look for Phoenix to win this game 106 to 97. Make a statement that they're here for the second half. Okay, now usually we'd ask Marco how he's been running, but he told us at length in the first segment about his hot streak. And I think when Marco gets hot, you got to listen. So great job. Okay, Vegas runner. Um, <laughs> all right, these guys laughed when I came in here with this play, but I'm going to tell you what. The people listening want winners. That's all they care about. And last week, we gave Arizona out over UCLA, and they won. This week, I have a, a, a play that I really love, and it's in the UFC. It's Saturday <laughs> night live on Spike, so you get to watch it also. I'm but, one but of them you, guys. But you won't be jumping off the couch no matter what happens. No, no, no this our, our channel is on Spike right now, right? <laughs> you laugh, but one of the biggest bets I ever made in my in my life was Tito Ortiz over Ken Shamrock, and this is the kind of information I've got on this fight, and I might step up and make a really big wager, like a, a old school ace wager on this one, <laughs> which will move the number. But um, to get back to it, it's a heavy favorite. I'm not going to lie to you. I saw it anywhere from 275 to 300. And people say there's no value in laying that. But I'm going to tell you what, in five minutes, if I could get 30% return on my money, I'll take it. I know guys that sit back here in Vegas, drive down from their homes, wait for spots like this five, six, seven times a year and make a hell of a living. Here it is. Season one at UFC, Diego Sanchez won. Season two, Joe Stevenson won, and they meet t Saturday night. I love Sa Diego Sanchez to run right through Stevenson. Dana White setting up BJ Penn versus uh, Diego Sanchez. That's the fight everyone wants to see, and the only way to make that happen is to, for Sanchez to go through Stevenson. It's a hand-picked opponent. People love Joe Daddy. He's the people's champ. But this is a fight he can't win, whether it's stand-up, whether it goes to the ground. This is an easy fight for Sanchez. His first fight at 155, dropping in weight from 170, free money. Well, well, not free money now. As <laughs> close as you're going to get. Fair enough. Now, this to me just follows up on Vegas Runner, my vision of Vegas Runner. We, we hang out a good bit, but I'm not at his house at night. And I always envision him up at 2.30 handicapping European soccer. So now, so now we got him. He knows UFC. all of the UFC. So remember, most online, if not all online sports books, carry that action. You can go to pregameaction.com and find out the best books for you. 
Okay, Stephen Nove. Oh, we really appreciate that, BR. All right. right, Diego Sanchez. Okay, I've got a curling matchup on the Canadian <laughs> Network. Um, no, I have a, a Saturday uh, NBA game where I've got a home team here. That's kind of boring, though, isn't it? I, nah. <laughs> well, let me tell you about NBA. the Saturday. Let me tell you about the Saturday NBA home team that I have. It's got situation going. It's got trend going. It's got revenge going. It's got matchup going. Talking about the Golden State Warriors hosting Oklahoma City. I like the home team here. Trendwise Warriors 12-3-1 against the spread in their last 16 home games. Revenge, uh, Oklahoma City beat the Warriors at Golden State last month, 122-121. Situational-wise, Golden State's been idle since Wednesday. The Thunder had to play Phoenix. Well, we'll have to play Phoenix the night before. Matchup-wise, Golden State has uh, got all their uh, perimeter guys going. Uh, Jamal Crawford, Steven Jackson, Corey Maggette, they're all healthy. They've all ha- have had time to adjust and play with one another. That's way too much firepower for the Thunder. And the Thunder does have a great spread record, but uh, the linesmaker has caught up with them. They're not such uh, getting not such great value anymore. So I like Golden State to roll over Oklahoma City. Well, that's a well-thought-out pick. All right, we're hitting close to our hour mark in te- uh, for technology. That's a problem. So uh, we're going to wrap up quick. Uh, we just love to talk, I guess, and impart all this great info. My free pick, again, remember, 10% of my stuff is mine. 90% is other people's. So I'll occasionally have some good stuff here. Um, I personally am making a pick on the Cavs, the Cleveland Cavs, for the next two or three weeks, or really for the rest of the season. I'm not saying play them every game. I'm saying that I heard something very interesting, is LeBron wants to win a title before he leaves Cleveland. Psychologically, he wants to leave. He's only got this year and next year, or he's going to leave that team in a lurch because they won't have won a title, and he's going to kill them by leaving. If he wins a title, psychologically it allows him to move on. And from what I hear from some insiders is this guy is is on a mission. And that means they're going to be covering, just like the Lakers might not be covering those 10-point lines, this Cleveland team is hyper-motivated and hungry. I look to play on them whenever that the situation warrants it. That's my freebie. Okay, that's our podcast for the week. Remember, we'll be here next week uh, on Thursday, and this is a weekly show. And each week we talk about upcoming games and teach you how to handicap any game, and we'll talk to you next week.